hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another podcast. And I'm here with my man, Mike Mello. Or Hello. Mellow and fit, isn't it? <laughs> fit and mellow, close enough. Oh, fit and mellow. <laughs> yeah, apologies, apologies. So, um, yeah, tell my listeners um, a little bit about yourself. All right. What's up, everybody? Well, most of my friends call me Mellow just because, well, it's a pretty cool last name. <laughs> um, I'm 26 years old. I've been in the training industry for 10 years. I first began just teaching tennis lessons, and then I got a hold of working with a few gyms, uh, just getting clients through them. And now I'm an online trainer, much like uh, Kieran. Oh, awesome. So talk me through that then, that kind of progression or that evolution of your um your kind of your training skills let's say and your training career sure i'd love to um so how i started out was my mom is a fourth grade teacher so i would pretty much uh, find my first initial clients through her uh, so what we would do is just reach out to the children's parents because obviously they're like from the ages of 10 to 14 so I would reach out to them, see if they wanted to do like $20 for an hour, or if they had two kids, I would do like a, a group deal, like 30 for an hour to train both kids, just playing tennis, keeping them active outside. And uh, that was pretty much my first shot at entrepreneurship. And I loved it so much because I had uh, more control over my own schedule as well with making a lot more than I think the minimum wage was $8 an hour. So <laughs> rather than just doing drone work, walking back and forth from uh, like a store doing like retail or if I were to be like a busboy or something, this just worked a lot more for me because then one, it's something I love. Like tennis was my biggest sport back then. And from there, I uh, figured out like, oh, I like working out. I love training people. And it's rewarding too because you're helping people improve their health. So one thing led to another and I just fell more in love with personal training and working out myself so I just kind of followed the path or trajectory that I, I like pretty much took me <laughs> yeah yeah so of that what's your kind of focus now then so with regards to the clients that you serve what do you tend to help people most with well that's been pretty much a toss-up since I started training people in gyms uh, mainly because I would always see, search out for clients much like myself who was scrawny and is trying to pack on muscle. So I would get a lot of um, kids about four to five years younger than me coming to me for mass gaining. And then other than that, most of my clientele, because I'm guessing kids younger than me don't typically have money unless their parents are paying or they're just, you know, well off. But uh, other than that, it was like more so women amongst the ages of 28 to about 40 that I would particularly train. Um, so after and during uh, while I was going to, through college for my exercise science degree, I would uh, travel to and from uh, these women's houses and I would train them at home just doing either body weight or with their uh, dumbbells and a lot of these women have their own home gyms, so we were able to take use of that. But uh, as soon as uh, COVID hit, uh, you know, everyone was scared. Oh, don't come to my house, but I'll still pay the rest of your plan. So I was like, all right, well, now it's time to explore uh, online personal training. I knew that was going to be 
a little bit challenging, but at least I'd have a bigger outreach. And that's kind of my whole reason behind going to online. Yeah. So then what are like the core principles to you and your coaching? For me, it's always have the right mentality first, but no one like wants to hear that or thinks that's something worth putting effort to because people are like, no, just give me the workout plan. Tell me what to eat, when to eat it, and I'll be fine. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Because like, I can give you a meal program or you can just look up your exercises or workouts online. I mean, that's how I started. But at the same time, unless you have someone helping you understand why you're not eating correctly or why you're not working out as consistently, that's going to be the biggest problem that I want to tackle first. And I do that by giving looser, um, I guess, goals in the beginning of a program. Because I'm like, this is my time to assess you. You have free range to ask me as many questions as you want. But understand that the more I understand how you go through your daily life, your exercise, as well as your consistency with nutrition, then I can better gauge the plan. So then that usually takes me one to two weeks. Um, obviously I want to try to do that faster so people don't think I'm just, you know, running them through something. But yeah. for me, I think that's much more personal because I get more hands-on with what actually is going to work with them moving forward. Yeah, hundred percent. That's one of the biggest things in, I wouldn't say it stresses me as such, but you get so many people just messaging you on, um, Instagram or Facebook going, Oh bro, give me a, a plan. Give me a training plan or a, a meal pro a live plan. Yeah. Like, it's only going to take you so far. Yeah, exactly. And you can get them down a dozen on, on Google. It's like, well, I offer so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So how's your training impacted your coaching? So like your journey, because I mean, you're like, for, the, for people who's listening to this, obviously Mike's in fucking great shape. How's that impacted your coaching and the things that you've learned to get them in shape, how has that impacted your coaching? Sorry about that. That was my second alarm because we're going to do it a half an hour later. <laughs> um, so yeah, for pretty much, uh, that's a tough one because for me, with the main clientele that I'm going after, it's females trying to lose weight. And for me, I've always been scrawny trying to gain weight. But um, ever since I started going to exercise science, like I knew how to bulk up a lot easier because I knew it was more about diet and like when you eat and how you eat to like be able to fuel your body after these workouts and stuff. So my biggest challenge is women being like, oh, how do you know how to lose fat? And it's like, well, now, let me tell you, because <laughs> I've had like one uh, certification in nutrition. I've had two different certifications, ACE and NASM for personal training. And I have my exercise science degree with a, almost, I almost had enough credits to get a minor in nutrition. So I have so much education in my background. The only issue was to provide them with proof of my application of that education. So then I just, you know, have them reach out to my prior clients or I have them read the reviews on my website. So it, it's, it's been a little bit challenging, but at the same rate, like the more you're in this field, the more credibility you build. So you just have to take example of that and make sure that you treat your clients well, otherwise they won't give you good reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. And that's the thing is, it's quite sad when you see people who will be, so with the same trainers, whatever, for, for years and years and never really 
learn anything like and uh, never really improve their body shapes and just kind of sitting there like what why'd you do it to yourselves mm-hmm. that's why i didn't like working in gym type environments with other personal trainers because like even at really nice gyms like i'm not even gonna i'm like i shouldn't name drop at all like not even with name uh gyms but like personal trainers that look like they need personal trainers yeah like I get it sometimes like there's the older guys who like, okay, maybe they had an injury or like they were in the army and now it's just, they're, they're tired and now they're just letting their bodies go, but they still have the knowledge. Like they were there when they were younger. Like that's a little bit different story, but I don't see that as much. I see more like college students who are athletes, like division three athletes, which no, no offense. I was a division three athlete, but I, I wouldn't count myself as like, a top tier like tennis player when I was doing it but mm. at the same rate it's like you know you gotta play the part and you have to look like you actually practice what you preach you must have been like the most jack tennis player as well <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny they were like Mike rip your, sh- rip your sleeves off before the match to scare him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your training compromise now of? uh right now I pretty much like I said I'm more especially with the online thing and not individually knowing the people that I work with it's the first week is mainly just I'll give them a cookie cutter like push pull type I mean it depends on the person too actually I can't say I do cookie cutter because I would either shake it between circuit interval or resistance training like three sets 10 reps like for hypertrophy um, but it, again, it depends on the client. So I pretty much just use the first week to assess what works best for them. So I kind of give them a smorgasbord as well as since most people are just working from home, a lot of people have different types of equipment or no equipment at all. So my key around those of you who don't have equipment, write this down, go to the store, grab yourself some heavy water bottles, those big gallon jugs, and just work out with that. That right there is weight. You have a backpack, you got a bunch of books or even, not even books, like just get anything that weighs anything. Pop that on your back, do a couple squats, go up and down the stairs a couple times. That's a workout. So yeah, it's a very, very, uh, it's a great idea actually. The water bottles, yeah, the water bottles, that's an awesome one actually. I was doing mm-hmm. it when, um, before I had like a couple of kettlebells come, I was throwing everything I could find into a suitcase. Mm-hmm. I just do whatever I could with that, with that suitcase. That's the thing. Exactly. Any form of resistance, I guess. Yeah, that and like water bottle cases. Cause like what I do, especially like this is one of the first things I do is I tell people get a water bottle case, or if you have one at home, we're gonna teach you how to squat and deadlift. So that one, you don't throw out your back or hurt your back. And two, you know how to lift things with much more strength because with your lifting with your legs and not your back, you can improve what you, like the amount of stuff that you raise by at least 20%. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So then what about you personally? What's your personal training? Your, your personal um, training like? So right now, like what, how, how are you training during this whole sort of lockdown period? Yeah, so it's been tough for me because I've always been hypertrophy and like heavy, heavy weight. And right before COVID, I was finally hitting my numbers like the way I wanted to do with my squats, which was like 455. I was able to do that for like two good reps, maybe one, one and a half. <laughs> but like for me, that was like my goal. Like for every everything that I do, like I don't really care about my strength on my uh, bench press or like 
any, literally any other lift, but my squat, I'm like, I want to get 500. I want to get 500. And I was like, 405. I was like, oh, I did 405. And then I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to get a spot. I'm going to try 455. I did it for one rep and then like a second rep, which was like not even half a rep. But I was like, because <laughs> it was like my first time ever having that weight on my back. But then I think it was two weeks later, I did two reps of 455 and I like didn't even need a squat and they were good reps. So I was like, oh, and then COVID hit. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> but so pretty much what my training consists of now is I have adjustable dumbbells that go up to 52.5. Um, so I have two of those. I've got a jump rope, which I used to suck at jump rope. Now I can easily do a hundred in a row. And yeah, <laughs> but pretty much I've just been working on plyometrics, speed and my endurance with running. Awesome. So I really want to kind of delve into this now, which is the kind of goal setting that you were just saying. So you have your goal, and obviously that was like a quantitative goal. How do you um, approach goal setting with your clients? It's uh, a very good question. I never thought of that. I kind of just go with the flow with these sort of things. So like if I see something that they're challenging or if I like I, I ask a lot of questions. So from that, I infer what they're aiming for. Cause you can tell if someone's like, Oh, I was able to do that many. It was hard. And it's like, okay, well I can tell you're not enthusiastic by that exercise. So if we do something else or like, uh, for example, with, with my current client that is getting the best results right now, she is loving the interval workouts, but I can tell she hates the resistance type, like try to get her strength up exercises. So those strength type exercises for me are her hidden goals, but I have to like disguise that by giving her new interval goals because for her, she just wants to beat the time or she wants to be able to do it with a higher weight and she can't do it with a higher weight unless I'm getting her to do those strength things. So I give her more goals on the interval side of things. So she's like, Oh, this is awesome. I did this, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, perfect. Now, if we could get you to do that with just five more pounds on each hand, that's why I'm going to have you do, B, this exercise where it's more strength um, focused or hypertrophy rather. So um, I guess it's case to case scenario. Yeah, very much so. That's, that's a really great way of helping someone realize the impact that other forms of training have on their desired goal. It's like mm -hmm. when people go, all oh, right, I want to lose fat. To them, they just need to do running. Everyone seems you need to run to lose fat. But then when you actually turn around to them and like, and explain like you say about how resistance training, strength training, how that will improve their body shape. And you almost like disguise that around, not disguise it, but you help show them how other forms of training will elicit mm -hmm. it. But I really like that um, that concept that you're saying there, almost like disguise it. Like, but if you do more of this, you'll be able to do better at this, mm -hmm. which is what you really, really want. It's almost like... Um, when they used to put loads of sugar in medicine for kids when they were kids. Yeah. Is that just give them like a spoonful of sugar? <laughs> just a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome because like even doing little things like that, like to me, it's like, oh, well, this makes sense. To other people, they're like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. And it's like, oh, cool. So that's another mini lesson. So stuff like that, like little nuances or keys such as that, that I learned from client A, I can turn around, create a lesson or a video lesson on it for client ABC all the way to Z. That's 
that's very much um i think that kind of <clears throat> the more realistic um side of of coaching like you're saying there where you've got some like an amazing amount of um accreditation and from like i say like all your studies all these um courses now that you've passed you've got an amazing knowledge but it's putting that into play and i think unless you actually have that time in the trenches quote unquote where mm -hmm. you're actually working with clients it's only through actually doing that that you can you find those different approaches like you said that you created there and then when you find those it's also you learn how to then um adjust that and utilize that with other like, different clients as well something yeah that's that's um that's a great idea mm -hmm. if any coaches listening write that down yeah so on that then so where you say um the majority of your clientele are say women looking to lose weight what would you say their top three biggest struggles are uh one it's eating consuming too much carbs two it's not consuming enough fat and three it's not consuming enough calories as a whole so just dig into those a little bit so just pull them apart a little bit more too just obviously just giving the, the listeners so sort of there but i thought oh what do you what do you mean by that so out of those three just yeah just dig into give them a bit more Gladly. So a lot of people seem to misunderstand um, how macros come into play. And it's come to even uh, more to my attention that people don't even know what macronutrients are. So I'm sure maybe in a health class uh, in high school or something, you've heard of macro and micronutrients, but the hell are they? So macronutrients are your carbs. Think about bread, um, pasta, potatoes. Um, protein is from like meats, fish, uh, sometimes you can get even a complete protein just from beans and rice, but that's, that's a different lesson for another day. Um, and then fats are basically your oils, um, eggs, avocado, dairy, stuff like that. Um, so fat, people think, oh, I don't wanna get fat, I'm gonna eat less fat. But the primary fuel source of your body is carbohydrates and fats. When you're sleeping, the number one uh, fuel, aka macro, that you're consuming is fat because that's when your body's doing all the repair. When you're doing long distance running, you're primarily consuming fat as an energy source. So anything that you do that is lower in energy is primarily going to burn your fat storages. Carbohydrates is everything high energy. So unless you're an athlete or training really rigorously five, even like four to six times a week, like carbohydrates should be a little bit higher but when people are starting out and they're coming from you know working at a desk job going home and just their activity is cooking for the family and then watching tv and snacking way too late it's that's what's improving or increasing their carbohydrate intake which is holding them back and since their fat intake is low that's making their body want to hold on to what fat they have so instead of it being mobilized in the bloodstream and utilized as an energy it's turning the excess carbohydrates into fat storage into their body and they're not consuming enough fat to have in their bloodstream. So part of the carbs that transform into fat or not really transform, but just trying to make it an easier to understand. Yeah. yeah it, it, half of it gets stored as fat and the other half gets utilized as fat energy throughout your body for when you sleep and repair. 
And the last thing with people not consuming enough calories, when you start introducing exercise into your routine, your body's going to need more calories to fuel the damage you're doing to your muscles, the uh, metabolic strain that's happening on your whole body as a whole, as well as your central nervous system. So you have to fuel your body. Otherwise, you're going to be dead tired like you only slept three hours the night prior. And not only that, but you're going to be feeling pain because you're sore. Yeah, very true. I don't know if I like, I kind of just, usually when I teach yeah. this kind of stuff, I need like a list so I go in order. I hope that no, answered that, everything. Definitely, <laughs> you unpick, you unpick, you unpick that nicely. Unpick that nicely. So where are the, what are the key things that you normally start with when it comes to your client? Would it be those three? Uh, no, it would be uh, understanding of how your body reacts to certain exercises or workouts. Um, so for me, I want to find out what they like, what they're not good at, and what they absolutely will not do. Um, second, well, this is kind of second, but it starts sooner. I want everybody to track everything they put in their mouth, water, coffee, soda, uh, food, you know, snacks, everything. You got to track all that for at least a week. And I oftentimes hope that people try to stick to it as much as they can for two weeks, because with then I'm able to find out what their body consumes on a normal range for their calories. So basically I'll add up everything for their calories that they recorded for the first and or second week, if they could last that long recording stuff in their little app. Um, <laughs> And then from that, I will divide it by either seven or 14, depending how long they recorded. So for example, if they missed a few days, I would divide it by 12 instead of 14. But with that, it gives me their average intake for calories. And that is concerning both the exercise I'm implementing into their plan now, as well with the diet that they're already consuming and I'm helping work with them on. Yeah, very much so. I think, yeah, tracking is one of the key things I think everyone should do if they've never tracked it's actually quite eye-opening and mind-blowing when you actually see how many calories are in certain things they fix their own diet real quick yeah it's one of those you start go oh and that's the thing i think is essentially you're kind of pushing the same um boil as i am and that's knowledge is power so when you actually under know and understand foods how much you're eating Mm -hmm. And then also, like you were saying there about carbs and things, how your body utilizes different macronutrients and different foods, it makes your whole understanding and constructing your own diet so much easier because you know why you're doing what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But then, so what are the key sort of principles? Are you big on tracking then for your clients? Um, I'm big with understanding portion control and tracking is only most important to me for the first two weeks because after that people start to understand because people like routine so when they start to understand where their body's going and what they're eating how many calories and macros are in each meal then they kind of sort of stick to the same meals at least for the beginning of the program and then moving forward my goal is to teach them new like I introduce it piece by piece. So like, oh, you're, you're not consuming enough fat. What can we do to add more fat in there? All right. Do you like nuts? Do you like almonds more than cashews? Do you like pistachios? Let's add that as a snack at night instead of, you know, Doritos. Or for another <laughs> example, like if you like my, one of my clients currently just had pretty much no fat for breakfast. So I'm like, do you like avocado? Yeah, I like avocado. 
shove that in there, <laughs> you know, like part of a healthy breakfast instead of your cereal, milk, and then an apple. Change yeah, the avocado, apple for an avocado. avocado and cocoa pops. Like it's the new thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll live with it. <laughs> for me, another big one is that I love for a nice fat and protein heavy breakfast, and for carbohydrates, I'll do um, oatmeal. Is um, Greek yogurt and just a scoop of chocolate protein. Tastes just like chocolate mousse. Mate. Yeah, I, mate, there's so many little bits like that as well that I'm, I'm big on. I think when you spend so, ma- so much time being very conscious of what you put in your body, you, you create these, these excellent little things, like excellent little tips and tricks that just make Yeah, because you hear that and you're like, ew, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. try it. Chocolate mousse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a dessert. The one. <laughs> so, what about now then? How are you structuring your diet? Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to maintain, but also cut. Um, <laughs> How does that look? Because so basically, I'm trying to drop weight as slow as possible while trying to maintain all the muscle mass that I have. Oh, so maintain your so, oh, Okay, so yeah. enough, maintain your weight whilst, whilst cut weight. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, no, nah, because like I'm still basically losing weight. It's just I want to maintain all the muscle mass that I yeah, have. Because yeah. before quarantine, I was like 192 to 195, like fluctuating. And right now I'm probably like 188. So I've lost a little bit because I can't do the strength training. And I know most of my weight was lost in my legs. <laughs> yeah. So, Pants ain't fitting right. They're getting loose. And I'm like, oh, where's my squats? Yeah. So what are you most excited about, apart from squatting, what are you most excited for um, when you kind of come out the back end of this whole lockdown? (laughs) The fact they won't be allowing as many people in the gym, so I'll have more room. Yeah, big one. (laughs) Big one. I mean, the gym that I go to around my hometown is big enough where it doesn't matter. It's like huge. It's like one of my favorite gyms I've ever belonged to. So I'm really blessed with that. But uh, I guess the biggest thing other than that is making high or not making, but <laughs> finding hybrid clients. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's one thing that I really enjoy. That's what I've got a lot of. And it's, yeah, it's really good. So how far along this whole um, lockdown are you? Where are you? Um, how I'm long do you reckon? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, everybody. We've been in this lockdown approximately since February, March. I think March. end of February was like when they were like, oh, no, stay home. Everybody go die. Um, and I think gyms open up in three days. I'm, I'm not counting or anything. Yeah. Oh, mate, jealous, jealous. So ours, was, ours was meant to be tomorrow. Mm. But yeah, Boris Johnson just turned around and was like, nah, nah, nah not this week, not this week. So. This, this just tells me like, cause I'm, I'm, I've been saving to buy a house and then the COVID thing hit and I was like, oh, down a little bit, but whatever. I'm still on track to be able to buy it before my current lease is up in October. And now I'm just, all right, make sure you have enough room in the basement to make your own gym. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's a great idea. That's the thing, so it's quite similar to myself then, cause I, brought a place and just as we went into lockdown I got the keys I got the keys two days later went to full lockdown and then a few days before that I have no furniture (laughs) it was amazing because where we were based like there was no traffic so I managed to shuttle back and forth in my car in like yeah I love the no traffic thing whereas when there's when there's traffic it can take you over an hour 
because two of the roads are just like horrific in rush hour. So I was just flying back and forth, and obviously then um, a couple of days before we got the keys, we got a new dog as well. So I was like, just got a new dog, just got a new house, and they're like, you've got to now stay home. I was like, so you're, you're telling me I have to just stay home and play with my dog? I was like, I can do that. <laughs> I can do. Hell yeah, love puppies. I mean, if I'm honest, this whole thing kind of came like perfect. It's been awesome for myself. Yeah, I yeah, that's one of the biggest things that's been hard for me. Um, cause like I live alone, so I don't have a roommate, I don't have a pet. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I like all I have is my neighbor. So <laughs> I'm glad that I'm friends with my neighbor and his uh, girlfriend, cause otherwise I'd be like pulling my hair out. <laughs> well, I play video games too, so like for me it's easy because I still get my um social aspect of life through that. But it's still it's still harder not to have like face to face. Like I couldn't even see my parents for a month and a half to two months and I was like forget it mom I'm coming home <laughs> so with, with this whole thing then how do you feel it affected you like and then with that what you're saying about that kind of the mindset whole aspect of it that kind of loneliness um, to an extent have you found that's affected many of your clients as well is that one thing you've had to really address with a lot of your clients with the COVID issue yeah with like lockdown where you say because what i've found is um a lot of my clients have come across as quite lonely so mm -hmm. we must end up having like so i set up like group group calls so like team just like um zoom calls so that it just gives people people to talk to essentially it's got, yeah got no not for me most of the people that i train with they're either um like not children but like people near my age who are living with their parents still and like not my a little bit younger like pre-college or just got into college so they've been hanging out with either family or for my older clientele it's like they have their own family or they have a, a partner so i'm the only only one <laughs> womp womp <laughs> so just coming up the back is where can people find out more about yourself Either on my Instagram, fit and mellow, F-I-T-A-N-D-M-E-L-L-O. No W, but I'm still chilling. Or my website, <laughs> fitandmellow.com. <laughs> nice. You like that little tagline? Yeah, that's decent. So give us a couple of just little take-homes for any of the listeners. Just a few little things that you think would improve their lives. Take-homes. Don't be afraid of fat. And consistency is the key to all things in life. If you're not consistent, you ain't shit. <laughs> I know that. Good night. God bless. Boom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, mate, um, thanks for coming on. It's been great, great having you there. And, yeah, um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, anytime. And we'll like, catch up soon. But look after yourself, buddy.